it goes back to forcing yourself to fall in love with things is forcing yourself to focus on them and to concentrate on them. So the feeling of getting into the mental or physical state of creation on demand, creativity on demand, which is doesn't sound as fun, to me is just a matter of focus. So if I am photographing uh, a headshot, like for example, I photographed a colleague in New York the other day and I'm photographing his headshot and we're on busy streets and there's a million things surrounding me that could be distracting, but I just focus on the little things, his eyelashes or little tiny ways that the light is reflecting off of his skin. And I find that when I zone in there and kind of get that feeling of serenity and calm in the little things without looking or paying attention to the bigger things, then I can focus a lot better. Welcome to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live. I'm your host, Kenna Klosterman, bringing you true stories from behind the lens and behind the lives of your favorite photographers, filmmakers, and creative industry game changers. From their struggles to their wins, we get the real human stories about why they do what they do. I believe there is something to learn from everyone's story. Listen, get inspired, and discover why in the end, your creative journey is all worth it. Vanessa Joy has been photographing couples and educating pros worldwide since 2002. She focuses her business in the New Jersey and New York areas, and alongside her partnerships with Canon and Adorama, she helps pros take their businesses to the next level. Her hit show, Breathe Your Passion on Adorama TV, covers everything from photography skills, marketing, workflow, and how to live and breathe your passion. Vanessa is the ultimate lifelong learner and lifelong teacher. In this episode, we learn how she falls in love with photography over and over again to not get burned out. We hear why she has the coolest dad in the world who taught her a strong work ethic. Find out what motivated Vanessa to write her first book, the off-camera flash handbook. And we discuss learning to walk away from the expectations of others and of herself as she continually pivots her career, including what she has in store for all of us in 2020. This is We Are Photographers with Vanessa Joy, and this is her story. Vanessa Joy, it is so exciting to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. It's always good to be here. It's always great to see you in person, too, which was super awesome that at the time of recording, you were here in Seattle last week, which was fabulous. That is right. And I surprised you, too. (laughs) You did. It was awesome. And let's start with that. You do a lot of different things. And uh, you were out here speaking for Profoto. And I'm, I'm curious as to how have you been able to keep photography interesting for yourself? So many people decide that they want to follow their passion, uh, but then it becomes a J-O-B. So yeah. <laughs> what are all the different things that you do? And how have you been able to keep those things exciting? I always look at photography, or I do now, I don't think I realized this to begin with, but I looked at photography as, you know, it is your passion, right? You're something you're passionate about, maybe obsessed with, maybe infatuated with, and ultimately needs to be something that you love. But if it's something that you love, 
love has ups and downs and you have to learn how to fall in love with it all over again. And that is where my mindset is with photography. The way that I do that is I just decide to learn something new about photography so that I can fall in love with it again. And I'd say I practice the same thing in my marriage <laughs> and try to learn something more about my husband that makes me look at him in a new way because it does get stale in marriage or photography or whatever it is that you're doing. And you have to find new ways to get infatuated with it over again. So for me, it's been about learning. I would say about five years ago, six years ago, it was all about learning off-camera flash, transitioning from natural light, which is why I speak so much for Profoto right now. And more recently, it's been taking all the puzzle pieces of knowledge that I have about light and photography and molding them together to learn even more about light theory and photography concepts. And it's been really interesting. Throughout all of it, though, I have to say every part of my career, I've had somebody teach me a new way to fall in love with it all over again. You know, I had somebody to look up to to learn off camera flash and somebody to help me. Uh, now, actually, Seth Miranda, who we were talking about earlier, is somebody that's helped me just take all those puzzle pieces and put them together in ways that I would never have thought of. And uh, just different people over and over have shown me things I didn't knew or maybe I knew but didn't put into practice. And that's helped move the whole career along and keep me enjoying it. So you do teach, you've been teaching for 10 years, and I'm curious what the most exciting thing about it is for you, the teaching part. Obviously, you were just talking about the constantly learning part, but why do you teach? Teaching has been in my in my career field for a while. I used to be a Spanish teacher, so I have a degree in teaching. I know how to teach a concept, which is how I got involved with teaching photography. I just thought, hey... I know how to teach. I'm just going to apply it to this. And it's worked out really well. But um, again, like what I've enjoyed about it has changed. I used to really enjoy the traveling aspect, but now I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old at home. And the traveling can be a little bit hectic when there's no place to recoup and relax. Right now, the thing that I get the most out of it is the responses from people. So I love when somebody messages me and tells me how they tried out a new concept that they learned or they didn't understand X, but now they do because I was able to explain it to them in a way that was different than they've been trying to learn it all along. And that that motivates me. That teaches me that what I'm doing is actually having an effect. So you have somebody else to concentrate on rather than just yourself. And I'm concentrating on all the people that, that are learning. Okay, so you mentioned that you have a degree in teaching um, and you taught Spanish and you have, I believe, five degrees? I do. I do have five college degrees. <laughs> you are clearly a lifetime learner. So, okay, name them off and tell me about the journey <laughs> of five degrees. I have degrees in social sciences, music, modern language, education, and photography. Was that five? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was five. <laughs> and the reason why I have so many is because I started going to school. I actually went to school for photography, but at the same time, like photography was kind of my minor and my goal was to end up being a teacher. I thought I had to have a, a real job. Like I couldn't just do photography. That's what people did on the weekends. Maybe learn, earned a little extra money photographing weddings, but then you had your real job that got you your health insurance and your 401k and your social status of not being a starving artist. So I did both. 
And then along the way, I kind of learned to manipulate the system and ended up having figuring out how to just take a few extra classes and line up my classes correctly so that they would all be working towards degrees. And then I did end up teaching for a little while, but uh, just went right back to that photography, thankfully. (laughs) How long did it take you to get all those five degrees then? You were doing those all simultaneously? Pretty much, yeah, because the gen ed classes that you have to take, once you're done with those, everything is kind of easy. So it just took like four and a half years, I think. It might have been five. I can't even remember, but it wasn't like an extraordinary amount of time. I was in school for 10 years. <laughs> I love the sneaky approach of strategically figuring out how many you can yeah. get with overlapping classes. It was, and it was funny. I didn't meet with my guidance counselor until my very last semester of my four, like my bachelor's degree. And she's like, yeah, we need to meet. I'm like, I don't think we do. I think I know how to work this better than you do. <laughs> Tell me about the the piano part, because you're one of those people that has all these incredible art talents, as well as your business savvy, as well as your loving to educate and an author, an incredible mom and wife and all these things. How long have you been playing the piano? And did that start in your childhood? It was in my childhood. I started probably when I was seven or eight, and I learned classical piano and learned how to read sheet music, although I have to admit I really can't read sheet music. Now I read guitar chords and can just like play along to any song if I just know the guitar chords. So that's kind of been there a while, but I get that from my dad too. My dad was a musician, so it's it's in the blood. And my mom was a photographer, so my dad is a musician still. He he was a one-hit wonder back in the day. He uh, he was the lead singer of the, the band Ram Jam, who had that hit song, Black Betty, which is fun. Like, who can say their dad's a rock and roll star? And uh, he, so he plays the drums, you know, lead singer, harmonica. He can play guitar, too, anything percussion. And now he tours around with the Yardbirds, which is pretty cool. So I, I have the coolest dad in the world. I can say that he, he helped me develop my work ethic because while he was a rock star back in the day, he supported a family, you know, when he grew up, I guess. <laughs> and he owned his own business and I, I learned how to work hard thanks to him. Of all of these different things that you do, what makes you feel most alive and maybe is that different than what makes you feel most creatively alive? It's a job, I'd have to say right now, or it's a career right now of a lot of highs and lows. So that's something I struggle with, actually. So I go to all of these conferences and I speak or I'm at you know massive conferences with a ton of people. And either there's big audiences or small audiences or big parties or small parties. And I have that adrenaline rush of like all those things and then have to come home and like clean up the pee when my dog has an accident. Like, <laughs> so it's been really interesting discovering like what is it that fuels me both creatively and then just in general motivates me because I have to find a way to bring it to different parts of my life no matter what or where I I happen to be. So creatively right now, it's about trying new things. Like just this morning, uh, Westcott, which is a lighting company, had given me lights to borrow that are coming out tomorrow, technically. And I had this idea in my head of how I wanted to use them. And I'd never used them that way before, but I gave it a try and the picture came out 
like what I had envisioned. And that's creatively fulfilling that I can dream it in my head and then make it real. So that's fulfilling there. I would say as far as the entire career, what motivates me and fuels me, I'm very methodical. So getting things done and like checking things off, like I feel really good about that. So like yesterday, for example, I just finished writing a book, completely finished writing my book. So I am going out for a drink tonight and that'll fuel me too. <laughs> okay. So congratulations on finishing your book. You told me about this, like I said, last week. So tell us all about the book and why you wrote it and what what you're excited about people learning from it. The book is the Off-Camera Flash Handbook, and it's 32 scenarios where I'm teaching you the lighting setup for them. I wanted to write this book because there are so many books out there that teach about flash, but they didn't teach about them, at least for me, in a very practical way. So instead of me saying, here's how you light a key light and here's what a rim light does, um, or even here's how you create a nice portrait in a studio session, I went it about the way as like, here's how you photograph a sunset. Here's how you make that sunset magenta. Here's how you make it look like it's sunny even when it's raining. So more practical for really outdoors, most of it's outdoors type stuff. And then also creating a book that teaches a complex concept and making it easy to understand. As a photographer, that's really only been in off-camera flash for about, I guess, six, seven years. I mean, I did studio lighting I don't know, 20 years ago, but uh, really ingrained it. I found it so difficult 10 years ago, eight years ago, to try to go to classes and learn all these concepts when they would just like spew these words out at me and be like, no, that's what I'm here to learn. I don't know what those words mean. Don't use them to define the thing, the other thing that I'm trying to learn. So it was a frustrating point for me. And I, I always knew that I wanted to be able to teach things in photography lingo in a way that was digestible for people who were just learning. So that's what this book is about. Super digestible. And most of what I shot in there also is straight out of camera. That was another frustration of mine is that I would try to look at people's work and I just didn't understand how much was Photoshopped. I thought I was lighting something wrong and I wasn't. I was just expecting it to be out of camera. So everything in the book for the most part is straight out of the camera. And if anything is edited, because that's how I liked the final product, I show you where it's edited. And if I still have the photo, I show you the original photo as well, because I just, I have a whole chapter that's called, but light doesn't do that. <laughs> it just explains like what to look for. So you understand reality or lighting reality from Photoshop, not reality. <laughs> I love that. But light doesn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that you created something that um, goes from, a, like you said, a practical standpoint. Thank you. When does that, when do you expect that to come out? It is on pre-order now. You can just go to Amazon or through the publisher, Rocky Nook, and it's going to be shipped in February. So it takes a while, these things, actually. Apparently, I finished writing it in September when we're filming this. And five months later, <laughs> that's all like the editing and, you know, graphic design and whatever else goes into it. So we were talking earlier about passion and I want to go into another big thing that you do, which is your Adorama TV series, <laughs> Breathe Your Passion. Yes. Tell me 
just about a little bit about what it is, but also then I want to know how you came up with the title and why breathe and why passion. So Adorama TV is what they call their YouTube channel. And I do a bunch of different stuff on there. There's so much on there, but I, I enjoy it. Everything from teaching photography to teaching business concepts. A lot of what's on there, even if you're not a photographer, is very applicable because I teach so much about business. But the breathe your passion thing, you know, when they first asked me to do it, they're like, oh, we need a name for your show. And I am the worst. I'm the worst at titles. Like so bad that if I enter images into competition, they ask for a title, like I will leave it untitled. I just can't do titles. So I thought more about, you know, I wanted it to be accessible to all types of genre of photography. And, you know, the word passion is thrown around. Actually, it was one of the first things you said to me. It's, you know, making photography your passion. And it is. It's something that you fall in love with. So I knew I wanted that. And I wanted to address the fact that when you are passionate about something and you are so involved in your career and it's one that you love, you don't just nine to five it. You live it. You breathe it in and out every day, whether it's really hard breaths or really calming ones, <laughs> it's all of it. Uh, so that's kind of where I came up with it. We nickname it BYP, but <laughs> what I didn't realize is how difficult it would be to have a website that's Breathe Your Passion, which I do. And it's difficult because a lot of people spell breathe without the E at the end, <laughs> which is incorrect, but I realized it was very common, common mistake. So breath. I have to, I have to change that. I think at some point <laughs> is, is breath, your passion, something else. I don't, I don't know, but clearly I should have bought that website also. <laughs> Maybe it's still available. I've just, because we're talking about breathing, I'm having a flashback to you being here at creative live and teaching a yoga for photographers class. <laughs> which was so fun and you know, still plays on our site and people love it. Mm -hmm. What, how long have you been doing yoga and um, how does that sort of help with being able to breathe your passion? Yoga has been a part of my life for probably 17 years or so. And I was kind of against it at first yoga. And I would say even 17 years ago, 15 years ago, most people were against yoga and not like in a, I mean, a lot of people first, spiritual reasons, but a lot of people were thinking, oh, yoga, like that's cute. That's not real. And when I started to go to one, I loved it because I used to be a gymnast and I loved that kind of stretching and pushing your body that way. But I also realized that it, it taught me to breathe and it taught me to only use muscles that I needed to use, like the ones I needed to hold the camera and not let the other ones start working and tight nodding up my back when they didn't need to be. But as far as photography and yoga went, weddings, they, they hurt. They just hurt. They're crazy painful. And every photographer has these same ailments. You know, we all hurt in the same areas because of how we're holding camera. I think with the mirrorless generation, it's going to shift slightly from the pain being from your neck, your traps to your bottom of your shoulders. But we all experience the same things. And I realized that yoga helped wildly with recovery, with not even being sore. And it also just helped maintain a sense of calm when things get really stressful, which now is one of the most common compliments that I get when my clients review me is how calm I am. And I definitely attribute that to one, just 
kind of understanding or knowing that I need a poker face sometimes, but to, to yoga, just being able to hold stress where it is and not where it does not need to be and staying calm. So yeah, yoga for photographers is pretty fun. I actually, um, I did buy yoga for photographers.com and I came out with a whole new course. That's like an add on to, to what I did on creative live, which is pretty, pretty fun. You don't have to be a photographer as well to do yoga no. for photographers. <laughs> no, it, it really works with anyone that works. <laughs> okay. So now I didn't know that you were a gymnast. So now we add that on to all of the <laughs> fascinating things that you do. All and, of my past lives. <laughs> yes. But I'm curious, since you've done so many different things, is there one thing that you would consider having been sort of the the biggest risk that you've taken in life that ended up being a biggest reward probably quitting my day job to be a photographer but you know what that's such a cliche one I'm sure I have I'm sure I have one that's not so cliche uh the biggest risk maybe was before that because before all that and having to have it a job, I was accepted into a dental school. I was the only high school photography to be accepted into this dental hygiene program. And I thought, again, real job, even though I love photography starting in high school way before that. And I go to orientation after being accepted. And afterwards I had to sit my parents down. I'm like, I, like, I can't do this. Like I never want to do that. And that was a huge risk because I thought that they were going to freak out. That's for sure. <laughs> Hope it loves me back. <laughs> is there something, because again, you've done so many different things. Is there <laughs> something else that you've tried and then realized, nah, not my thing? Well, teaching, teaching elementary Spanish. That was, I, I wouldn't say I hated it, but I definitely realized this is not my thing. It is not my thing to have to literally be someplace by the time the bell sounds or be micromanaged by minutia work, like writing out lesson plans. Like don't tell me to write out, like I've never even written a business plan for myself. The last thing I'm doing is writing like my day-to-day -day activities for you. <laughs> um, that, yeah, I, I did not like that. And I thought I would, ironically, I love teaching adults, uh, and I suppose I do have to hand in lesson plans because people ask me for keynotes, but that's a little different. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was quitting probably because I hadn't started. And that's, that's a good thought. I probably in my head thought I don't want to get halfway through this and then quit. And it's better to just not do it than to quit. Cause I would hate, I would hate to quit. So I really, I looked at all of the work and just thought like, like, I really don't like this genuinely don't like it. And maybe I would have liked being a dental hygienist, but I, I don't think so. Because, again, I'd have to be somewhere at a certain time and, I don't know, submit insurance forms to insurance agencies. And that sounds really horrible. <laughs> I'm curious if success, the meaning of success has changed for you over time or since you first started photography 20 years ago or even first started your business 11 years ago? It has changed. It has changed a lot. And I think I, what I love to do is change. So right now I love to teach and the free time that I've created by having a 
well-oiled machine as a wedding photography business allows me the time to teach. Um, maybe it's not as much time with family, which it's still a lot more because I work from home. Like it's, it's funny what in my head, I think, oh, you're a bad mom. You're not home, you know, enough, but I literally work from home and see my kids all day, even if I'm not the one actually taking care of them. And I realize that some people, you know, that live next door to me have to commute to the city and they're gone from six in the morning to eight o'clock at night and their kids aren't even up both times. (laughs) So I, it has evolved and what I like to do in my free time has definitely changed, but I'm still what I would consider successful because I, I get to do what I, I like to do. Vanessa, another video that I was watching of yours, it it caught my attention because it said how to not fail in your photography business. (laughs) And you had a t-shirt that said pivot. And it seems like that has been a theme in in a lot of the things that you've done in your life and you've been able to do that uh, where a lot of people do get stuck so what are you pivoting to next what are you excited about that you can share with us in addition to launching a new book you know i get bored so i gotta do more things um Right now, I am pivoting towards making the educational thing something that is more in my control because, again, I like being self-employed and I do like all these things um, under my creation, I guess. So I've been doing a lot of videos with Adorama on YouTube and now I want to expand my own YouTube. So come 2020, oh man, this is going to be like an accountability thing. Okay. Come 2020, January 1st, 2020, you will notice lots of continual videos being uh, uploaded to my own YouTube channel. I should probably know what my YouTube channel is to tell you. <laughs> You've got months to figure that out. This is true. Well, I'll, I'll use it. I do have one. I have a YouTube channel right now. It just has such a mishmash of, of stuff on it. So, but so I'm pretty sure there's like a URL, right? That I have. <laughs> You are looking to then sort of consolidate and clean up and refresh. And that's, that is super exciting. And yes, definitely. So definitely looking forward to that on January 1st, 2020. That's right. We are supposed to start filming earlier. So that's, that's when we're going to do it. And you can expect to see stuff about photography, about business. I definitely want to do more with taking all these crazy tech terms or concepts and making them accessible to people just starting out and very easily understood. So those are the types of things you'll see there in addition to probably gear reviews and walkthroughs and And just shoots, too. I'm not going to stop shooting. So, Vanessa, where can everybody find you and make sure that they are following up on all the new things that you continue to create? I can be found at VanessaJoy.com. So that's my primary source of where to find me. I have education stuff linked there. But if you want to find Mimi, you can uh, usually get a hold of me personally on Instagram at VanessaJoy. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It is always a pleasure. You bring a smile to my face. Aw, thanks. Always nice to be here. I'm Kenna Klosterman, and you've been listening to the We Are Photographers podcast from Creative Live, edited by Laura Finnerty. Follow all things Vanessa Joy on VanessaJoy.com and at Vanessa Joy on Instagram. 
At Creative Live, we believe there's a creator and a photographer in all of us. And yes, that means you. If you're looking to get fresh perspectives, inspiration, or skills to boost your hobbies, business, or life, head over to creativelive.com and check out the Creator Pass, our subscription that gives you access to over 1,500 classes taught by the world's top creators and entrepreneurs. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, and more. You can stay up to date with everything happening at Creative Live by following us on social media at Creative Live everywhere. And for each episode, I post shareable images and quotes on social media. Find those posts and IG story highlights on Instagram at Kenna K Photo and share your favorite quotes. Thank you again to Vanessa Joy, and I'll see you all next week for another episode of We Are Photographers.